Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. I want to share with you, uh, continuing in our family series, it's, it's amazing to see how we can see the picture of God and his relationship with us through different uh, relationships um, that we can relate to here on earth. And um, again, what a beautiful picture that, that Jade paints there of, of the Heavenly Father and how he cares for us. Um, one of the, the most impactful relationships that I have seen the Lord speak to me through is through my wife. Um, and even before I met her, he was speaking through her. Um, I titled this message, Pursuing Love. Scripture that I want to read to you is 2 Samuel 14, 14. In the New Living Translation, it says, All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. You picture water out on a, on a hot summer day on the concrete or the dirty ground. You spill water and it's trickling everywhere. It's, it's moved by um, the bits of dust, large rocks, or small little things you can't even see. It'll just divert and go different ways. It wanders away. And it's impossible to then gather that back up as it's taking its, all of its different paths. But God does not just sweep life away. That's the easiest way to clean it up. Just sweep it away, thin it out until it dissipates. Instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. As we pray, um, I want you to join me in this, that God would just speak to us through these earthly relationships, these earthly messages. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you speak to us. Um, God, I have nothing to say of any value unless you speak through me, so I pray that these would be your words, that you would bless them, that people would hear uh, your voice and not mine. God, I, I pray for open ears and hearts to receive, again, not what I say, but what you want to speak through me. In your son's name we pray, amen. Uh, when I first moved to Vancouver, uh, it was right after college. I was in my early 20s. Um, I was not following Jesus at the time. Um, I had a career that I had just started at a well-known lo local company. Um, college degree, I was out on my own, and I was living life, and things were good. Uh, but all through my life, uh, there was peace missing that I was striving for. I'd get my dominoes in a row, but I was uh, longing for that connection that companionship, that team member, somebody to explore and, and uh, take on the adventures of life with. And so that was what I was after. Um, plug for Val's message last week, amazing, watch it. Um, as Tyler said, I, I was on pins and needles because I feel it's so important, um, not that I would ever go back and not pursue my wife. Um, I want to be clear there, as we joke with Tyler, oh, what's that of value to us now? We're married. Um, how to be single. Um, but the reality is this is such a critical concept to not waste the weight while you are pursuing something that is a, a God-given desire in your heart. He has things for you before that as well. Um, so go back, check that out for sure. Um, but I had, had met some people in Vancouver, but I had no real connection. You know, there was, there was a few people here and there, um, relationship potential, um, but it wasn't that connection. But I had a quote that I had kept with me um, from Albert Ellis. Ironically, I thought it was Benjamin Franklin until I Googled it recently. Um, <laughs> the art of love is largely the art of persistence. And I'd kept that with me. I, th I thought that resonates, you know? Um, and so I kept at it. I kept looking. I wasn't willing to settle for something that wasn't what I believed was, was right. Um, and I knew what I was looking for. Uh, so I remained persistent in my pursuit of love. 
I continued seeking out that, uh, that one person that I could share life with, but I didn't realize the depths of God's persistence that he was pursuing me. He was always finding new ways, new little things along the way, and I, looking back, I see how he was orchestrating them, um, devising new ways to draw me back to him. And in this process, I learned that God is approachable. Um, I'd grown up in church. I knew all about God, and not for any lack of, of my parents' teaching or instruction or the church that I'd attended, but it had been something that I had set aside. It was my parents' religion. Um, I needed to make it my own, and as I made it my own, I really made it about me, and once you make things about you, you become the center, and so I began to serve myself as king and explore all sorts of life with me at the center. Um, by this point in my life, early 20s, I had identified there is a higher power that is obvious. You look around, there's no possible way, and I knew all about Jesus. It was a great concept, but it was more, honestly, it was, it was all about me. I, so I set everything else aside. Interestingly enough, I hung on to prayer. Um, it was a connection that I would still have. I would still talk to God. Um, sometimes it's kind of like swimming out in the deep end, so long as you've got your, your hand on the ladder. You know, as a kid, you're like, okay, I'm safe here. I can explore. So I would continue to talk to God, but the reality is, is I would talk to him when I needed something. You know, when you're lonely, you, oh, you return back to that. When you're feeling insecure, you return back to what you've been taught, and, and you find security in that. Um, but thankfully, I had a, uh, a faithful friend that would consistently and persistently invite me to church. And uh, never in a pressuring way, but just, hey, man, uh, we work together. You know, hey, are you going to be there on Sunday? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. And, and then, you know, Sunday would come around, and that wouldn't happen. Um, and Monday morning, hey, man, I missed you. Oh, yeah, 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 you know. But beyond faithfully inviting me to church, he would invite me to other aspects of his life. Him and his wife would always include me in the things that they were doing. Um, and he knew my soft spots. Hey, man, there might be some girls at church you could meet. Um, <laughs> so I... Uh, I would occasionally attend, and, uh, um, and I realized that, um, you know, I was asking God in my prayer uh, to help me meet somebody, but I, I realized as I was going to church that I was talking to somebody that I didn't really even sure that I knew, and I had to reconcile that, and so there came a day where in my apartment, I, I prayed, and I said, God, I can prove you wrong. I'm an analytical person. I can tear down every argument for you. I can show how the Bible has discrepancies and things don't line up. So if you really are who you say you are, you're going to have to prove it to me. But I got to give you a chance. I can't just simply rest on my own intelligence. I have to give you that opportunity. So I opened my Bible, and I don't remember where I started. It probably wasn't any uh, length of time that I was reading before I hit Psalms 46.10, and it says, Be still and know that I am God. And it hit me like a two by four in the back of the head in the most loving way possible. Um, it was this overwhelming weight of love that said, you don't have to figure it out because you're not capable, <laughs> that you are so insignificant in your arguments, and yet I love you the way that you are. You've rejected me so many times, and yet I'm still right here. Just come to me. And, uh, and so I, I responded in that moment of, okay, this is it. This is all right. And so I began to attend a little more uh, faithfully. And, and the, the, the testimony, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. 
I had to get to the point where I was actually willing to wholeheartedly give God a chance. But that lesson is a slow lesson for me. Um, God needed to show me that he doesn't need me. He, didn't, he doesn't need us. He wants us. That it was not a formulaic, analytical, logical relationship that I could put on paper and, and, okay, I've got this figured out and then this happens. So with the revelation that God was right there the whole time, just waiting for me to approach, came the lesson that he doesn't need me, he wants me. I didn't learn that right away, though. I can see that in hindsight. Because I met somebody. Shortly after this revelation and I got my life in order, um, I met somebody. And this wasn't like somebody that I'd met before. These weren't like the other girls. I had a connection. And she had a similar background. Her, her father was in law enforcement like mine was. Um, we were at similar stages of life. Uh, she lived in Portland. I lived in Vancouver. We were both um, pursuing careers. Life was busy, but we were connecting. Um, it started with uh, social media um, interactions, and it grew to phone conversations that were hours at a time every day of the week until uh, 2 or 3 in the morning. I mean, we're talking like deep relationship developing, things that I had not experienced before up to this point. And uh, I recognized that if God was the catalyst to that first answered prayer, then I needed to keep it up, right? I attended church more regularly, and I gave at the offering time. And, of course, I continued to talk to God, right, about this new developing relationship with the girl, not him. And in Hosea 6.6, 6, it says, For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I didn't recognize this at the time, but my token offerings of time and service and money, God didn't need them because he doesn't care about those things. Those are a manifestation of your response to his love, right? It's, again, not a formulaic, I do this, and then God does this for me. That's not the relationship. And I found that uh, my relationship with this girl was, was getting to a point where it wasn't moving anywhere. I was too consumed with my pursuit of love that I couldn't see his and so three to four months into this relationship, again, we're talking until two, three in the morning every day of the week, and yet we've hung out in person two, maybe three times. It was this incredibly unbalanced relationship that was purely an emotional connection through um, dialogue. It wasn't a real relationship, and I recognized this, and I could not move it forward. I could not figure out what the issue was until I realized that God wants us to choose him. I became frustrated at the out-of-balance relationship, and I regularly, pr I regularly prayed, Sunday mornings, right? Help me, God, to succeed in pursuing her. <laughs> Remember that as a kid, God, help me, well, actually, really help her to like me, right? That's how you pray it pr respectfully. God, help that person too. Um, help me to do this. Really, all you're asking for God to do this for me, right? It was a Sunday morning that I had become so frustrated, and week after week I had been praying, all right, God, I'm, I'm doing the right things. I'm doing the right things. God, what is missing? Help me to figure out what else I need to do so that I can develop this relationship and so one morning during an interlude, it was one of those times where as somebody that wasn't really following Jesus, I was singing the words, I was clapping, and then during the 
times where it's kind of sing your own song, the words go off the screen, and the worship pastor steps away from the mic, and he's singing, talking to a God that he clearly knows. And if somebody that's not following Jesus, that's where it's like, okay, now I just kind of put my head down and act like I'm praying. <laughs> but I had rested on praying. I'd talked to God forever. And so in those moments, I would pray, Lord, help me with this relationship, right? In that moment, I said, all right, God, I give up. Give me a desire to, to seek a relationship with you. That same desire that I've had to seek a relationship with, with a partner here on earth. And it, it was instantaneous. He spoke to me as clear as day and said, it's going to take more than talking. And again, it's like that loving two by four. I, it's the only way I could describe it. It hit me that I had been doing for 15, 20 years since I had known him, that I had been doing to him what this girl had been doing to me. The relationship had gone as far as communicating, but it wasn't a real relationship. And in that moment, I recognized that he had been faithfully pursuing me that whole time, that everything I desired in relationship with my lifelong partner is what he wanted with me. It wasn't a relationship based on what he wanted me to do. He wanted me. He wanted to explore life with me. He wanted me to, to go on adventures with him, to discover all that he had created, all that he wanted me to experience. He wanted to share that with me. All that I wanted, he wanted with me. And I was so overwhelmed in that moment that, that I dedicated my life. I said, all right, this is it, God, you're it. You want me, I want you. And he poured out the desire that I had for a partner. He poured it out into me just like I'd asked. It was overwhelming and, and amazing. And I realized that, that that's all it takes. It's interesting that, that the relationship with that girl, it dissolved. It was effortless. There was no horrific pain involved. And I don't believe that God orchestrated it necessarily, you know, for frustration or pain, but I believe he redeemed it, and he was constantly devising new ways to draw me back to him. Though I wandered like that water spilled out on a dry ground, he was finding ways to draw, because I was so valuable to him. And it overwhelms me even now. And I remember there were times where, as I dedicated my life to him, it wasn't an overnight thing. We're like, all right, now I've got it all figured out. It was a process of figuring out what does this look like to be in a relationship with you, God, right? Because just like anybody that's married knows it's not a formula, right? <laughs> Amen, guys? You're like, but I did that. <laughs> it's cause and effect, right? That's not how relationships work, and it's not how it works with Jesus either. He wants us to pursue him with that same passion that he wants to pursue us. And... I will tell you this, there were times where I, I, I literally came to the point where I said, all right, God, I get if it's, if it's just supposed to be me and you, I give up that passion. I, I want to just, I will seek after you. And every time that I would start that conversation with him, he would not let me finish. And he was saying, no, no, I have someone for you. You're just not there yet. Wait, be patient. There's things that I need you to pursue in me first. And... I continue to pursue him to this day. And it's an amazing thing. It was ah, a couple months later that I had a conversation with Heather. Many of you know her as my amazing wife. That's right. That's right. Um, and, 
And every time that, that I see her, it doesn't matter if we're having a knockdown, drag out fight, which we do, right? That's a relationship. Or if it's just the best day of, of every relationship life, right? I recognize her as not just a blessing from God, but a reflection of, of who he is to me and how I need to be to her. And everything that I see in our relationship, I, I turn it and say, all right, God, is there an opportunity for me to see something with you in this? And so I want to challenge you today that in your earthly relationships, look for opportunities to see how he's drawing you back to him. Recognize that absolutely everything, he will redeem the bad circumstances and the, the bad relationships to draw him or draw you to him. And, and he will use the good things, not that you would put them up and, and pursue them as idols, but he will use those to speak to you as well about his goodness and his blessing. So take that opportunity, regardless of where you're at, and respond. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And he is drawing you from where you're at to where he wants you to be with him. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.